All right, gang, let's jump into this. Uh, how do you like the soft tones? Right, it's, it's actually cold outside. So there won't be a fan, which is good. It's about 9 o'clock in the morning, barely. I guess that's good. But, uh, yo, here I am. Gang, I wasn't going to do a gin and truth today. Uh, we're just going to knock out uh, the blackout with Bundy, which is always a good time. Make sure you guys check that out at, at PocketLocker86. Get on my timeline at Twitter, at RCRead40. I'll post a link. It's going to be a good time. Always is. Back on topic. But gang, I was in the back of my house, and there's a room in my house that is the very definition of no good deed goes unpunished, right? It, it definitely holds some emotional trauma. I've let some people stay there, and I'm going to tell you what, holy shit. And I'm at that emotional space where you're like, don't hold that against someone else who may need some help, but damn. But oh, you know the good thing about that room, gang? Holy shit. So while I was cleaning it out, podcasters just act like you can see me. I found the very first black belt. Never mind the staples. That was uh, part of a Halloween costume. Because I put something over uh, this black belt. This was, buddy, what are you doing? This is quite literally, gang, the first black belt I ever got. Fuck it, here. Look at that. And look, one red stripe. This is my first, first degree black belt. Holy shit. I guarantee you, gang, for those of you that got kids, that belt is older than most of your damn kids. <laughs> now I do need a fan. Holy shit, that didn't take long. But, gang, I was sitting there cleaning up that back room, and I'm not done yet. I was just playing random stuff on YouTube. And then I was like, okay, okay, this is a good time for a break. I got to wax on this on my show right now. Gang, if I've told you once, I've told you before. The Christian view on sex and sexuality, I'm not a fan. I am not a fan. Because especially when it comes to sex, it's just a list of don'ts. Right? It, this is what it is you cannot do. Right? There, there's no... There's no nothing but you can't. And you want to know why you can't? Because the foundational principle of Christianity. You're terrible. You're a sinner. Everything you're thinking about doing is all kinds of messed up. Right? That's the Christian view on sex. Now, I remember going to the Austin Stone. It's one of the more fundamental churches here in town. I did it as an atheist. Because again, my role is the same. I will go to church with you, but I get to ask all the questions I want. And they took me during the month of sexual sin. Now, again, the first seminar was about jerking off all over yourself. And I told you, I was literally on the ground laughing. That was the funniest story I've ever heard. Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy didn't have anything on this cat. I was in stitches and he was being dead serious. Then, of course, it was there was homosexuality, which I cussed everybody out. I'm trying to remember what the third one was. But the last one, I skipped. So, like, you know, y'all are just disgusting. This is no longer amusing. This isn't entertaining to me. The last one was what married couples can and can't do in bed. Now, 
Again, according to Christianity, you can't even think about sex without being a bad person. And the only time you can have sex is when you're married. But now that you're finally married, oh, pump the brakes. Here's the list of stuff that you can't do as a married couple. Now, I'm not talking child bride, 13, 14 years old type of stuff. When two adults in their 20s, 30s, 40s, whenever you get married and you still have a damn rule book to follow, I think there's something wrong with that picture, right? Again, as far as I'm concerned, as we're sitting here in the church of Uncle Bobby, so far as long as you and your partner are partners, if everything is on the up and up and if everyone feels safe and respected, go for it. The worst thing that can happen is I tried that and you know what? That absolutely stunk. I'm not doing that again. Or you might find out there you got a new jam. But again, this list of stuff that you cannot do during sex, uh, during marriage, I just find ridiculous. And so I'm sitting here cleaning up that back room and this stuff came on and gang, it took me five minutes. This whole thing is 32 minutes. We may have to split this up into two parts, but I was like, I got, this is a good time to take a break. The God that I don't believe in wants me to do a quick show on this. So gang, the title of it, I can't say Mike's last name, Signorelli. I think I'm saying it right. What type of sex is allowed for married couples? Now, again, it, you know this is already messed up. Let's just roll the tape. Among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. So in this sense, um, and I know I'm already getting some con comments, and there's people that I'm just simply reading the Bible right now, and that is offensive. Some of you might even unsubscribe from my channel as a result of this, but understand that I have an obligation as a pastor to teach the whole Bible, not just the parts that I want to talk about, okay? And so pause the tape. You know, I've never been a big fan when Christians use the word offensive because to me, they're setting up this Christian persecution nonsense. I mean, if you just want to, maybe I'm offended by some of the stuff that he's going to say or what the Bible has to say, but it's just garbage, right? Well, this line in the Bible says right here that you're horrible. Okay. Thanks for the insult, but I, I, I don't like the way they use it because they're setting up for persecution, in my opinion. Because the moment I kick back, it's, I'm a snowflake. I was totally offended by the truth of the word of God. Eh, shut up, roll the tape. When you are in the loving covenant of marriage, it says that the marriage bed be undefiled, which means sex between a husband and a wife is never a cause for shame. It should be honored, it should be cherished, and it should be enjoyed as the gift that it is from God. And somebody said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> somebody said, thank you, God. Pause the tape. After I bust a nut as an unmarried man, I'm not thanking God or Jesus. Thanking my partner. Right? Again, Christians, you guys thank this dude for everything. I remember there was a skit long time ago because Phil Hartman was still alive. And it was a skit on just that. Uh, there was a, a stereotypical housewife character and Jesus appeared out of nowhere, Phil Hartman. And it, the running joke was pretty much pump the brakes. Right? I get it. You like me, but 
Do you really have to thank me that your minute rice came out fluffy, right? Same thing here, right? <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Why? Because your dick can get hard? Because your vag got a little uh, wet there, unlike what Ben Shapiro says? You, I mean, you're thanking God for the sex that you just had. Holy crap, hold the tape. Okay, now here's the thing. Wherever there is purpose, there is perversion. Wherever there is purpose, there is perversion. I'm going to take it another step further. Wherever there is God's designed pleasure, there is a perversion of that pleasure. Can I just get an amen in the comments? Can some of you give me some feedback in the no, comments you can. section now and tell me if you agree with what I'm saying? Wherever there is purpose from God, there is going to be perversion from the devil or perversion from... Pause the tape. There we go again. Right? Well, the reason why the Christian God does not get rid of Satan is for the exact same reason why the professor on Gilligan's Island never invented a boat. You wouldn't have a show, right? This sucker can make electricity from shoots of bamboo and damn coconuts, but he couldn't put together a boat. The, the, the devil messes up everything, including God's quote-unquote perfect plan for human sexuality. Why not get rid of him? Christians, you keep it. He's going to do it one day. When? When? Why not now? Well, our little three-pound brains give me shut up. I mean, give me a break. All you guys do is make excuses for the world's worst behavior. Again, I'm an unmarried man. I am sexually active. And according to y'all, I'm just sitting there stocking up God's wrath. And he's going to be mad at me because I get butt naked with somebody. Get rid of the devil. That way I won't mess up his perfect plan for pleasure or whatever. No, no. You'd much rather have the devil there. So people like me and everyone who's not going to follow your rule book is going to get all kinds of messed up after we die. Because that's, that's loving. Roll the tape. Flesh, wherever there is godly pleasure, there is going to be a carnal or demonic perversion of that pleasure. And so let's talk about pornography. Oh, now we're talking. Here's the thing. Uh, under no circumstance... Can you ever, 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 do you hear me? I'm trying to make this as plain as possible. Can you ever, ever? Pause the tape. What did I tell you? <clears throat> what did I say almost 10 minutes ago? Christian sexuality is just a list of stuff that you can't do. Don't you ever, 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 ever. Again, Christians, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten. Does this guy have any idea what it is he has just done by shaming people? Because that's what that is. Don't you ever, 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 don't you ever. I'm trying to make this as clear. You have guaranteed that every member of his congregation, it, their internet search history is dark. Right? They are jerking off. To the most rancid crap out there. I told you, it's the Uncle, Bo Uncle Bobby cookie analogy. You guys remember when we were kids? Can I have a cookie before dinner? We were told no. And what was the reason why? It ruined your appetite for dinner. No, it wouldn't. Especially the way I eat. Right? Sitting there and saying no to that cookie, you have guaranteed. It may not happen right now. But behind your parents' back, 
What did we all do? You took that Oreo, you took that Chips Ahoy, you took that EL Fudge, you took those Fig Newtons, you chopped that stuff up, right? You burned it in a spoon, you put a belt on your, give me a break. Same thing here. Instead of just saying, you know what? You want one cookie? Take two. Now take your monkey ass outside and play. We'll call you when dinner's ready. Go and beat it. Sitting there and saying, don't you ever jerk off to pornography? You have guaranteed that the people who follow this garbage, their internet history is gross. Even the most seasoned adult performer would look at that dude's internet history search and be like, God damn, what kind of wretched, dark-hearted, non-Christian household were you raised in? I just finished a 12-on-1 anal gangbang, and not even I thought to search on the internet something soaked up. What's the matter with you? But no, go ahead, Christians. Continue to tell your congregants that, nope, don't you dare. Don't, it makes you whore. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. Roll the tape. Bring pornography into your marriage, let alone your entire life. What does that mean? It just means that there is never an appropriate context or place for pornography. Why? Well, let me, before I give you the scripture, let me just simply tell you that pornography is always the digital version of the physical act. And so pornography uh, is fornication. fornication. I knew if it. Single and it's Pause the tape. It's fornication if you're single. It's infidelity if you're married. Holy crap. Gang, again, if they can enslave your mind, they have your body. Right? And, and mental enslavement and abuse, in my opinion, is worse than the physical. If you can't be safe in your own head, then where can you be safe? You mean to tell me I'm committing a crime if I look on BigBootyRedheads.com and jerk off all over myself? I would say, who am I hurting? But the better question is, who am I helping? This guy, the stuff feels great. I love a big ass and red hair. What seems to be the problem? Right? And the married part, oh, I can definitely relate to that. So I told you, my ex-wife, she was severely and unforgivingly Catholic. And the few times we talked about porn or jerking off, I, I'm trying to remember the exact same, but I was like, what is it? Lust is the first cousin of infidelity or some sh or cheat, whatever the hell she said. Now, like, that's just messed up. Because I was like, you mean to tell me you don't jerk off? Are you serious? Yeah, I don't like her. We're not friends. But for me to sit here and tell you that she's not an attractive woman, I'd be lying. She's a former model. Right at 5'10", great body, beautiful face, right? She could have had anybody. She chose me. Way to go me, at least for the time she wasn't screwing up. But it's like, you don't have the urge while you're sitting there in a hotel room because she traveled for a living. You're just not horny. You just don't jerk off. It's like, are you serious? But again, she was like, she was on this tip as well. And I was like, okay, I mean, not, I'm going to share it with you, but I, I jerked off last night. It was fucking fantastic. You were in DC. I was horny. So I jerked off. What seems to be the problem? But again, it's this whole getting in your head. I was taught as a child, if what's in your head was put on a projection screen for everyone to see, what would people think about you? 
And I was when I was a kid, I was like, that's that's fantastic. As an adult, I was like, that's emotional terrorism. Right? You mean I can't even think it without being a bad person? Yeah, roll the tape. Digital adultery. What did I America. tell you? It's that it's that simple. Why? Because by Jesus' standard, he said, if you've even thought it and conceived it in your heart, it's the same as doing it. And so as you begin to pause the tape, like I said. First and foremost, Jesus is not my standard. I don't give a damn what he has to say. But that's cruel. That is absolutely cruel. Because unless you are 100% asexual, like you were just devoid of all sexual feelings and lust, even though that's not the true definition of asexuality, I do know that. But let's just say you were born with this a totally different wiring. And you've got, I mean... You think about sex as much as you think about playing in traffic. Unless you're that person, holy crap. Again, whether you just sit there and be like, hey, he was hot. She's cute. Or in your mind, like, I don't you ever let me catch you slip. Bend over for that bread. But look, look at that ass, boy. I tell you what. As long as it's in here, it's like, seriously, what's the problem? But according to this numb nuts, just thinking about it is just as bad as doing it. Again, if you cannot be safe in your own mind, where can you be safe? Roll the tape. Get into the realms of pornography. People will say it's healthy. It's normal. People will say that it's okay. Everybody does it. Some people will even go to the extent of saying that pornography, it, it helps with your libido. But I will tell you this, it destroys your ability for intimacy. Sex... Pause the tape. Not true. A hundred percent not true. Gang, jerking off all over yourself is natural. Having lustful feelings for someone that you find hot and sexually alluring, 100% natural. Yes, there's a dark side to porn. Yes, there's a... Get any of the natural impulses can be taken to a negative extreme. Yes. Eating. Exercising. I've told... Self-defense is actually a natural instinct. Go up behind someone, even an infant, and make a loud noise. The first thing that they do, it's an instinct. You're protecting your head, your brain. We can replace your heart, but when your brain stops, you're done. Protecting yourself is a natural instinct. All the natural impulses, gang, have a dark side. They do, including sex and sexuality, right? But this dude is going to just take it from a zero to a 1 million, when it should be from a zero, probably to a three at best, right? Again, that, that's Christianity and its view on sex and sexuality. It's quite simply put, here's a list of crap that you can't do. Roll the tape. It's more than the mechanics, it's more than the motions. It, the greatest sex organ that you have is not between your legs, it's between your ears. It's I agree. And once your brain is affected and infected by pornography, then... Pause the tape. I want to talk about that. Nah, wait. Let's get the bubs. Nah, make sure he's good to go. He's right, gang. The, the sexiest thing that you can present is your brain. Sexiness is a state of mind. I agree. The, 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 the strongest sex organ does not dangle. It's in your head. It's your medulla oblongata. Hold on, gang. Where's Bubba? 
But did you hear the words that he used? Once it gets affected and infected, that's just a mess up thing to say. Again, where, <laughs> where, where, where when are we going to start talking about what it is you can do, right? Missionary, dim lights, don't look each other in the eyes. Say a prayer while you're busting the nut. Again, holy crap. Christians, I feel sorry for your sex life. Roll the tape. You will have a problem. And you might have the other equipment to do the mechanics of sex, but your greatest sex organ is between your ears. It's your brain. It's not between your legs. Agreed. And so I'm going to give you a scripture right now because I know this is helping somebody. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore... Whatever. Uncle Bobby 101 says, do whatever the hell you want. If you want to jerk off all over yourself, jerk off all over yourself. If you want to bring pornography into your bedroom with your partner to try some new stuff, do that. Again, the worst thing that can happen is you're like, we didn't like that. Right? But again, Christianity and sex, for the most part, I'm quite sure you can show me some videos of them saying what it is you can do. But for the most part, it's this. Here's a laundry list of crap that you can't do, that you can't even think about. Roll the tape. ...belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So it says, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly desires, sexual immorality, morality, impurity, and lust. Pornography is lust. It is definitely not love. And it is definitely not covenantial marriage uh, intimacy. It is lust. Now watch this. Marriage cannot and will not ever satisfy lust. And because lust cannot be satisfied. Now sexual desire is not always lust. As a matter of fact, you were designed to partly be a sexual create creation. And God gave you the gift of your sexuality. So having sexual desires in and of themselves are not wrong. As a matter of fact, those desires point to your design. So God designed you to have both pleasure and procreation within marriage. But when you take those desires and you begin to fulfill them through lust, lust will never be fulfilled. Pause the tape. Sexual desire and lust in my book are the same thing. I was trying to figure out where he's going with this. So if I see Susie Q across the gym and I was like, okay, Susie Q can get it. What, what, what drew me from one end of the gym to the other, which I don't do, by the way, picking people up at the gym, not a fan. Back on topic. What drew me across the gym to Susie Q was a physical attraction. That, that to me is a stone store away from my sexual attraction to Susie Q. I didn't see her IQ. Now, is she Mensa? I can't tell while she's squatting, right? And it's bad that I lusted after Susie Q. What if I were to marry Susie Q the next day? Those exact same feelings are now justified in the eyes of the Lord? Uh, again, it, I, I, the, the, I would say the line is blurred, but to me, for me, the line is non-existent. I saw Susie Q at the gym, at a restaurant, at the grocery store, I, I don't know. 
And I'll speak for myself. Yeah, yeah. Her ass was slamming. <clears throat> so I went and I kicked some game. That's bad. Until I get married to her and those exact same feelings are now some way, somehow okay. All right, roll the tape. So therefore, you cannot satisfy lust with marriage. You cannot satisfy lust with pornography. You cannot not satisfy lust with masturbation. There is nothing that you can do to satisfy lust because lust only increases, okay, as you um, unrighteously fulfill it. So pornography, I will tell you this. I've heard many, many stories of marriages being decimated by the introduction of pornography. Oftentimes, one of the spouses says, you know what, let's spice things up. Let's, let's take things to another level. Pause the tape. He's probably right. He's right. I'm quite sure some people, it's like alcohol, right? Some people can have a drink, bam, be done. Some people can't stop. What is it? What um, When one drink is too many, but 15 drinks is not enough. Yes, yeah, some people don't have a brake pad. They, their, their ability to moderate is non-existent. There's someone here in Austin. This person quite literally power walks for probably 10 hours a day. This person does not look healthy at all. That's taking that to an extreme. 15 drinks a night to an extreme. Some people jerk off a couple times a week, good to go. Some people can't go 60 minutes without it. Some couples, and I know them, have introduced porn into their private life. They love it. Just like you can find couples that have introduced pornography into their private life, completely monetization, completely messed it up. Uncle Bobby's a work in progress. Back on topic. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and act like he's not partially correct. But I don't think we should be making the rules off the couples that crashed and burned. Because I promise you, there are probably more couples that introduce something. Role play. Pornography. You know, switching. You guys know what being a switch is? Being a, Yeah. So, I mean. But no, but that's just Christianity 101. Because at our foundation... We are base, we are vile, we're disgusting, we can't do anything right, but literally thank God that he murdered his own son, so let's drink his blood, let's eat num 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 some Jesus meat, and now we can kind of slightly but not really be okay. So again, everything they go to is going to be a negative extreme. Roll the tape, buddy, where are you? And they say, let's watch pornography together. And as the result of introducing it, I'm telling you, y'all, I love you enough to tell you the real deal because as a pastor, I have done hundreds and hundreds of counseling sessions where couples have sat across from me in the privacy of my office and they've said pornography has decimated and absolutely destroyed my marriage. And so if you're coming to me and you're going to give me any kind of excuse about why it's justifiable, I'm going to tell you I have seen the effects of pornography. Okay, I want to talk about the next thing. We're going to talk about forced sex in marriage. What? Because we're talking about all the different types of sex that, um, that occur within marriage and different things that people struggle with. Before we do that, I want to take a step back and say... 
please hit the thumbs up right now. Tell the algorithm. Pause the tape, gang. Forced sex. Okay. I hope this guy does not give me a stroke. Because if he's saying what I think he's getting ready to say, I hope he and I are on the same page. Now, I'm saying this because I'm a women's self-defense teacher. To my sisters out there, just because you are married to him does not mean he owns your holes. You can say no at any time, and you know what? You don't owe him a damn explanation, right? Yes, you can be raped while in a marriage. Those are your holes. They are attached to your body. So my booty hole's a little clenched up right now because I don't trust pastors. Roll the tape. To feed this video to more people in their timelines. If you haven't hit the thumbs up. Yeah, hit the thumbs up on now, my video. Smash that thumbs up. All right. All right. So want to talk about forced sex in marriage. This is a question that I get a lot, okay? This, this, this section of the teaching is incredibly important. So I want to take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 and 4, okay? The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So here's the best way to understand that. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 and 4 was revolutionary when the apostle penned it. Why? Because in a patriarchal society, it was believed that the women had no right over their own body. And so this was a revolution. Pause the tape. And here in 2022, about to be 23, they still don't. Not in the state of Texas. Our governor just made sure that females don't have control over their own body. So in a way, we haven't come very far, have we, gang? I think I know where he's going to go with this, and I think I'm going to like it. Let's see what he's got to say. Roll the tape. ...perspective to say the wife actually has rights over the husband's body, and the husband has rights over the wife's body. Because it was believed in that time, 2,000 years ago, that the husband had rights over the woman's body, but the, women, the woman did not have rights over the husband's body. And so it, there was a, a context 2,000 years ago for forced sex, which is rape. And I say that because, again, my wife and I have counseled many couples over the years that believe that just because they're married, that... The, that Pause the tape. Okay. He, I'm not going to have a stroke. I think he and I are official on the same page. And that is, your, your partner does not own your body. Man to woman, woman to man, man to man, woman to woman. I think he and I are on the same page. Now, again, there's a such thing as taking one for the team, right? It very rarely happens for me. I, I was like, hey, I'm, let's, let's get this train going. But yeah, ladies, I acknowledge sometimes you're not 100% all the way down. You're like, you know what? Ah, I got a couple minutes to spare. Yeah, I get that, dudes. You're like, oh, man, I had a really long day at work, but she's pawing at me. Let's just do this thing. They're taking one for the team. I I get that. But the, and I'm thinking about some of the stories at work, some of that just, holy shit. No details, of course, but one of my former students 
The scenario was always the same. And I remember, after about the second or third time she told me this, I I, I couldn't hold it back. I, I mean, the, I had a little wet stuff falling from my cheeks. And I remember she said, seven minutes. Seven minutes. If I can just gut it out, it'll be over in seven minutes. And he won't touch me again for another two to three weeks. And I was just like, oh, God damn. Oh, fuck me. It was awful. It was awful. But he and I are on the same page. But I want to, yeah, there's there's me taking one for the team. And this, and he's right. Rape can still happen in a marriage. And again, as a self-defense teacher, two women, to my sisters, one more time. Just because he put a ring on your finger and y'all live in the same house and sleep in the same bed, he is not ownership of your holes. You can say no whenever you want. And you don't owe him or anyone else an explanation. Your body, your rules. You are the owner of that playground. And if you don't want anyone playing on that dirt for that day, take them out. It's just really that simple. Roll the tape. Forcing, you know, forcing sex is okay and it's justifiable. But the truth of the matter is, this is not the case. We shouldn't deprive one another Except, and this is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. So let's look at the next verse. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves in prayer, but then come together again. But this is the reason why. So that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So there's this, there's this instruction that it's okay to, to not mutually come together for sex for a time, perhaps to devote yourselves to prayer, but then you better come together again so that Satan... Pause the date. It's okay to pause the sexual activity, you know, in case you want to pray. I I know women that use like sex on their uh, period, 100% off limits, right? I mean, pick your reason, not in the mood. Just had a baby on my period. Whatever the reason is. Yeah. Yeah. There are going to be times in all relationships where you're going to need a little bit of a dry spot. And it's got nothing to do with Satan. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't feel like it's just really that simple. Maybe you got into a wicked fight and you're not ready to have sex with the other person. I don't know. But again, I love it how it's okay for an extended period of time. Like if you're going to go do some prayer. How long is this damn prayer? Holy crap. i Note to self, never date a religious person. Roll the tape. May not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So what does that mean? What is, what is the, self of, the lack of self-control? It just simply means that we are sexual beings. We were given those desires by God, both for pleasure and procreation. But if we do not uh, righteously fulfill those desires within marriage, then we are going to be led into temptation into temptation some i'm keeping it real with you right now i'm definitely stepping out on a limb to do a type of a teaching i've never pause the tape he's keeping it real he's keeping it real christian again he and i agree on the marital rape part yay the first part i clearly don't agree again if you want to jerk off just jerk off give me a break if you want to introduce it into your private life you know just spice things up throw a curveball give it a run you're not hurting anyone. More importantly, you're only helping somebody. That is you and your partner or partners. Roll the tape.
done before. If this is benefiting you, let me know in the comments right now and give me some feedback. Okay, so this is sort of, um, <laughs> as we're graduating through levels and layers of this teaching, I want to make sure that you understand a lot of this has to do with mutual consent and permission. The Bible is amb ambiguous about some of these specifics. Oftentimes people are asking me, Pastor Mike, what does the Bible say about this, this, and this? I'm going to just tell you straight up. Scripture was written 2,000 or more years ago. So there were... Pause the tape. That, again, we agree with. That crap was written a long time ago. If you want to know about consent, talk to a self-defense teacher. Talk to a uh, sex therapist. Seriously. And yeah, I, I understand there's some gray areas, the blase and the glavenoids, kind of, sort of, not really in a roundabout sort of way. But if you really want to know about consent, ask someone who's alive today, not someone who thought that these electronics were demon-possessed, whatever the hell you want to call it, right? This is what happens, gang, when you continue to reach into a 2,000-year-old manual for morality rules that apply to right here and right now. If you are ever struggling with the topic of consent, first and foremost, ask your partner. Listen to your partner. If you don't have a partner, seriously, go look up your nearest women's self-defense teacher. We can talk to you about what is and is not consent. More importantly, again, if and when you get a partner, talk to your partner about what is and is not okay. Right, so again, let's just see what else he has to say. Roll the tape. No formal, there was no modern electricity in the way that we have it. So if somebody asked me, Pastor Mike, now we're gonna move on to the next category. What do you have to say about sex toys? Well, the Bible is not going to say anything about, about them per se in the way that we think about them, but it will give us some insight. Pause the tape. Okay. Do you really have to ask God, can I go get a vibrator or a fleshlight? Can I go get a cock ring or a butt plug? Come on, get, shut up. If this dude, but, but I live in Texas, where the biggest dildo there is, Ted Cruz, the biggest dildo in Texas fought like hell to make sure that you could not buy dildos in the state of Texas, right? And had some religious cockamamie BS on why it is you shouldn't be able to buy sex toys. Christians, life can be hard enough. Do you really have to reach into the Bible to put rules on top of your own shoulders to make it even more difficult? If you are in possession of a vag and you want something inside of it, go get that thing and go put it inside of your vagina. Fellas, you want to go buy something to help jerk your meat off? To make it feel like you have an actual partner. Then go do that. Do you really have to go into the damn Bible to see if you can go get, you know, a gag ball and a riding crop, right? Some boots and like a little red wig with like a little chin strap on it. A little red nose, a little thing like you're going to grandma's house. And you skip into the damn living room while you're singing the strawberry shortcake theme song. While your partner rolls around in a wolf's outfit and then I'm going to gobble you up. I'm going to gobble you up. I'm going to gobble you up. It's a lot of detail, isn't it, gay? Kind of makes you think I've done that stuff before, huh? 
possibly. But I mean, seriously, do you really have to sit here and thumb through 66 damn books of the Bible to see if it's okay to buy a sex toy? Now, all that rant I just did, watch you find a damn verse in the Bible that says it's okay to get a dildo. Roll the tape. Into what is acceptable. Now, I want to tell you this. I've, I've actually studied a lot of the biology of sex. And as you study the biology of sex, there are some pitfalls and some traps. And like I had mentioned before, one of the big um, statements that I wanted to make in this teaching is that the greatest sex organ that you have is not between your legs, it's between your ears. Agreed. Which is your brain, your mind. And so what happens is, in the context of sex, in marriage, if you're bringing sex toys in and there becomes more of a reliance on the sex toy um, than, than there is your partner, then you have to ask yourself the question, are we growing in intimacy together or are we bringing... Pause the tape. So I partially agree. I do. Again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's something that has to be talked about. But when it comes out of the mouth of a pastor, I just always wait for the other foot to drop when it comes to this. He's right. Just like anything, just like pornography. Right? For the 10 couples that introduce it, it's couples 11, 12, and 13 that one or both take it too far. He's right. If you go get a flashlight, fellas, and you jerk your meat with that, then it gets to a point where you don't want to have sex with your partner because the toy feels... And if your partner's being neglected sexually, yeah, we, we need to sit down and have a talk. But there's a problem. So, I kind of agree with them. But again, this is the past. He's probably going to throw a curveball in there and then I'm going to have a stroke here in my house. Roll the tape. A dependency that, that I had from maybe when I was single or a dependency that I have, you know, is some element of self into this and trying to bring selfishness and selflessness together. And you have to answer that question in your own marriage. I don't know, but I will tell you this. There are some people that cannot be sexually satisfied by their partner because they have spent years and years and years being sexually satisfied by a machine, but through a screen and different means that they've wired their brain. And as a result of wiring their brain, it's not that they can't find pleasure and they can't find fulfillment within their spouse, but it is, um, it, it's actually that they, the, the most practice and rehearsal they had was with something else. Again, pause the tape. I partially agree. I always hang in the asterisks when I agree with the pastor. But again, I truly hope that the people listening to it, uh, the people who believe, that they take this for what it is. And that is a part of an entire story. Because what I've seen is Christians make this the story. That if you go get a sex toy, if you watch pornography, bam, you're hooked, you're addicted. And you won't want to have sex with your partner. You'll be all kinds of messed up. In the very beginning, 40 some odd minutes ago, what did he say? When your brain is affected and infected. These words carry weight, gang. They carry weight. I agree. But I'm waiting for him to say something messed up. Roll the tape. Other than their spouse. And so that is the, um, the wiring of their brain. And again, I'm, we'll talk about the spiritual side for a second. 
But when you talk about these, you know, these different means of um, pleasure within, you know, sexual pleasure, you really have to ask yourself, have you grown in intimacy with your partner, with your spouse? Or are you bringing a level of independence into your marriage? And as the result of that, you're, you're missing out on the fullness that you could be experiencing without it. Now, because again, if you're looking for a scripture now within the categories of oral sex, sex toys, and you're like, Pastor Mike, give me a scripture about that, you're not going to find explicit scriptures about it. And I think that's because it's, I think that's because the overarching scripture that we have, the umbrella over all of this is that the marriage bed is undefiled, meaning that I believe as you grow in your intimacy and love and communication with your partner, there are, you know, there are times where um, that open communication will give you access to the next level. Let me explain something here. Pause the tape. Again, I think I'm agreeing with this guy kind of slightly, but not really says. Again, it, it just, we're talking about a pastor and I, maybe I'm wrong. But again, I'm, I'm remembering my Christian days and these stories end up being the rule, not the exception, right? Again, we can, we can stop selling alcohol based on the DWI someone got last night, or we can understand that the majority of people, me included, had a couple drinks, we stayed our butt in our house, or if we went out, we realized not a good idea, took a cab seat, a cab seat? Taxi, an Uber, a Lyft, whatever. Getting a sex toy, watching pornography, and having that negatively affect your relationship? Yes, it can 100% happen. That is the exception. That is not the rule. I can all but guarantee that. Roll the tape. Okay. Now remember, I said viewer discretion is advised. I'm saying some very intense things right now. I hope and I pray that only the appropriate audience for this teaching is here right now. But when we talk about um, oral sex, when you talk about sex toys, when you talk about these different things that don't have a direct explicit scripture, it really helps us understand the need for communication with each other. Now, I, I want to talk about this for a second. Try My me. wife and I have taken many couples through premarital counseling, and one of the, the portions of the premarital counseling we do is actually a sexual inventory. So we have a list of many different sexual positions and many different, different sex acts, and we basically say go through them and identify which ones that you would like to do with. Pause the tape. Gang, if this fool's getting ready to say that there are certain sexual positions that you can't perform as a Christian couple, I'm going to start crying. I'm going to start crying. Roll the tape. In marriage. And we have each couple do this sexual inventory separate. And then when they come together for the premarital session, we have them compare their notes. And oftentimes these couples have never openly communicated about some of those most personal and intimate physical acts that you could do together. And they've never even communicated about it. You would be surprised how many couples have never 
um, even after marriage, having sex for years and years and years and years, have never communicated openly about what they want, how they want it, what they're... Pause the tape. Again, me and the pastor, I think we are agreeing. I do. I'm sitting here returning text messages, so I'm slightly distracted. So maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Yeah. You, as a couple, you need to sit down and lay it all on the table. Right? And again, if, you, if you're being negatively judged on what comes out of your mouth, you're probably with the wrong person. Because it's, yeah, okay, let's take something that's borderline controversial. Right? Analingus. One partner is all about it. The other one's like, absolutely not. If you are the partner that's like not into that, stop right there. Maybe discuss an alternative. But when you sit there and you pass judgment, like what kind of nasty bastard are you? Who the f does? Okay, again, you should be safe sharing your desires. Come up with an alternative if that's not your jam. But I do agree. Couples, you should sit sit down and have an open and honest discussion. If one or both of you are not just morbidly embarrassed when it's all said and done with, in my opinion, you've done it wrong. Lay it out all on the table. So there's no ifs, ands, or buts. buts. It, it, let your partner know who and what you are sexually. Right? And again, if there's something that you're into that they're not, start talking alternatives. But the moment you start passing judgment, that makes you the asshole. Roll the tape. References are, and again, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. Communication is a form of intimacy, right? And so sex is not just the physical mechanics, but it is the mental and emotional intimacy. And also within marriage, it's the spiritual covenantal intimacy all joining together. And so a lot of times my wife and I would talk couples through communication about sex acts and they had never communicated that before. And one time in particular, somebody had expressed that they were forced to do one particular sex act. Now, I'm not even going to say what it is because I actually think it's for this story, um, you can, you know, for your purposes, you can plug anything in there. But they basically said that I was forced to do this thing when I was in a previous relationship and I never wanted to do it, but I was forced to do it. I hated doing it. And therefore, pause the tape. By definition, that is rape. By definition, that is rape. I don't care if you are dating, married, first date, third date. That is, if, if, if your partner is on the receiving end of something that they did not consent to, so that's just not okay. Period. End of story. Cut all the bullshit. Cut all the nonsense. Cut all the foolishness. If one of the partners is not enthusiastically consenting to this action, guess what just happened? Roll the tape. Now it's not about the act, that particular act. It's actually about the, the rejection and the pain. And it's all about the emotional trauma that I encountered while I was being forced to do that act. Now, had we not opened up the communication, that husband could have gone years and years and years either wondering why she doesn't enjoy it, she doesn't do it, she begrudgingly does it, okay? Not knowing that there's trauma and abuse connected to it. 
as that woman began to weep and, and just really cry, bitterly weep in that meeting, I turned to the husband and I said, you see, it's not really about the act. It's really not about the mechanics. It's about trauma. It's about pain. Many people have been molested. They've been raped. They've been traumatized. And as the result of that, um, there needs to be healing. If you're a husband and you're listening to this right now, there's got to be, um, you have to understand that your role as a husband is to produce safety. And that's why when people come to me and say, well, what does the Bible say about oral sex? What does the Bible say about sex toys? What does the Bible say about different positions? It's a Pause the tape. That part, I'm going to straight up say, cut that shit out. Stop it. If you are into threesomes, then have a threesome. But make sure your third partner is present. And that there isn't this worldwide debate on whether your partner actually exists. Gang, stop going to the damn Bible for stuff like this. Real world conversations to deal with real world stinking issues. Right? Again, does the Bible say I can suck a dick? Does the Bible say that I can lick a booty hole? Can't stop it. Sit and talk to your partner. It's just that simple. Now the sun's moving. Now my face looks all kinds of messed up. So I get that part. I'm just going to put my foot down. Stop with the whole, well, let, let me see. I mean, in Leviticus, it does say that. I don't care. If it is you and one other person, sit down with that one other person and have a frank, open, and honest, and slightly embarrassing conversation about what it is you like in bed. Get your nose out of that damn book and have a real conversation about consent. Roll the tape. Listen, I'm going to take a step back and, and say, well, what about your obligation as a husband to produce safety? Safety produces true intimacy. What about, your, um, what about your obligation as a husband for communication? Because open communication produces explosive sexual experiences. Why? Because it's not about what's between your legs. It's about what's between your ears. It's why so many people want that communication. They want open and honest communication. And there's things that are missing. There's things that are lacking. Um, the last one that we, I want to end today about, and I saw many comments asking about this already, is the term sodomy. And when you think about the term sodomy, you're conjuring up, uh, you know, basically the concept of um, anal sex. Pause the date. Gang, if you want to have the butt sex, have the butt sex. Sit down with your partner and talk about the butt sex. And if you think it is quite simply just shove it in there, you couldn't be more wrong. I, I, I want to give the real world uh, answer to it before he goes and find out what's in Deuteronomy or in the book of Numbers. Just like every other topic when it comes to human sexuality, have the conversation about consent. Roll the tape. But I do think it's important to help you understand that in Genesis chapter 19, oh, here we for go. as bizarre as this talk has been, and for as vulnerable as I've had to make myself as a pastor to try to talk about something that 99% of pastors, they skip all of these scriptures that I've read, the weirdest thing that you can read in the Bible is actually, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 19, where essentially a large group of men sought to gang rape two angels. And this is crazy, even saying it out loud, like, you know, 
For your friends that have a hard time with uh, speaking in tongues and deliverance, tell them read Genesis chapter 19, where a group of men in, in this place called Sodom were actually attempting to gang rape um, basically two angels who had taken on the form of a man. And so the term sodomy actually comes from the root word Sodom, which is the location where these men, this large group of men, tried to gang rape angels who were in the form of men. So we can only assume that that sodomy, you know, includes, in the very least, it includes anal sex because that's the only... Uh... Pause the tape. What was that sound? Let me make sure everything's okay, gang. Keep listening to him not talk about butt sex. Roll it. Penetration that would have been possible for these men trying to actually uh, sleep with angels in the form of men, okay? And I just want to say that because you're not going to find any scriptures that strictly prohibit anal sex within marriage, but... I do want to give you five reasons why I think it's probably not a good idea, okay? And I, and I just want to say that now, I'm going to say something that I have not heard taught in any other video of this kind that I sought out. And this is a perspective that I have. I believe that God's design points to God's purpose. And so again, I'm hoping and praying that I have the appropriate audience for what I'm about to say, uh, because this is... This is very intense, but um, a male and a female anatomy is incredibly and intricately um, made to... Um, Pause the tape. He's going to say, don't have the butt sex because uh, the, the booty hole was not made, made to have an object in it. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. That's why I just said... Is anal sex just simply shoving something in there? Nope. Then he's going to talk about the rate of AIDS transmission and STD. And you know what? He's right. Anal tissue is not as pliable as vaginal tissue. Let's just keep it real because he's going to talk about heterosexual people only. There, there are steps to take. There are products to use. So yeah, you should be informed on all the possible negative outcomes, but also realize... For all the negatives, there are just as many positives and techniques to use to make that a pleasurable experience for both you and your partner or partners. See what he's got. Roll the tape. Coexist, okay? And so uh, when you see the way that a man is designed and the, man, the way the woman is designed, all the way from sex to conception to birth, it is a miraculous machinery. And it's, that makes it simply undeniable that it is designed, okay? Do you hear what I'm saying? When you, so when you get into the realm of anal sex, the fact is it does not, there is not a self-lubrication. There is not a conception which births life. There's nothing about the design that points to compatibility. Um, and because of that, as a Christian, I believe that the design of God Pause the tape, and if you don't want to have the butt sex, then don't have the butt sex. But again, this is not a conversation between you and your pastor. This is not a conversation between you and a non-existent third party. This is not a conversation between you, your partner, and a goddamn book. 
right? This is, and again, you see what he threw in there, right? The whole rigmarole about, you know, you can't conceive. Well, not even with oral sex can you conceive, but you know what? It feels good, right? Again, Christians, have you ever heard of this thing called fun? Sometimes people just want to bump uglies because it's fun. Sometimes partners just want to say, hey, you want to jerk off in front of each other? Then you do what you got to do. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do, and it's just fun. Stop worrying about repopulating the earth and God's plan. If you want to flap some skins, just flap some damn skins. Roll the tape. Back to his original purposes. And so I will tell you this. There's five reasons. Why I want to give you five reasons why I don't think that within marriage, uh, anal sex is a good idea. Number number one, it, it, for many people, it can actually create tearing. Told and you. So that's a common He's phenomenon, right. tearing. He's right. Which is not a common phenomenon the other way. He's right. Number two, um, it, if you read the studies, anal sex carries the highest risk of... Pause the tape. What did I tell you? This is like having a conversation on why we shouldn't pay college athletes. Someone tried that about a week and a half ago, and I told her, you don't have an argument. You're just going to regurgitate old talking points. You know what she did? Exactly that. They're spoiled. They're entitled. They've given a full scholarship, uh, all this other crap. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard that before. All that's been debunked. Go get a new script. He's right. Anal sex lends itself to more tearing because... Uh, anal tissue is not as pliable as vaginal. He's right. But that's why I said, if you think it's just quite a matter of shoving it right in, you couldn't be more wrong. He's right. It is easier to pass STDs through anal sex. He's absolutely right. But these are the reasons why <clears throat> we need to have comprehensive, education-based, fact-based sex education classes. So that people learn this stuff. But again, he's going to give you five reasons why you shouldn't. What he's not going to do is give you five reasons on if you're curious about it, this is how you do it safely. Roll the tape. Actually transmitted infections. The highest risk. Okay? He's right. And I believe, again, that points to um, a lack of compatibility. Pause the tape. It points to the fact that we here in America do a horrible job of educating people about sex. Roll the tape. Ability with God's design. Number three, anal sex is linked, and you can read the studies for yourself, know, to gay a higher risk of anal cancer. What? Okay? And you can read the studies for yourself. Pause the tape. I don't know about that one. But if there's one thing I do know, there is always a stat behind a stat. Roll the tape. I'm trying to bring a, a, a um, not just a biblical perspective, but a biological perspective. I believe they work together. And number four, I got two more ah, infections. Pause and take then. No, I caught that. What is that? Is it post hoc ergo propter hoc? After this, therefore, because of this? Gang, I'm thinking about just at work, the number of women who have had breast cancer. Every woman I know at work drinks beer. Every woman. I don't drink beer. But the majority of people at work, the women, they're beer drinkers. I know that because I've hung out with just about every woman I train 
at their house in a luxury box watching football, they're drinking beer. So by the exact same logic, beer causes breast cancer. I don't know the study he's talking about, but butt sex leading to butt cancer? I, I would have to see more before I can say I'm giving him the thumbs up, thumbs down, or the finger on that one. Roll the tape. Generally are more prevalent with anal sex. And so generally infections, so just generally, generally they're more prevalent with anal sex. And number five, this is the last one. In a 2016 study, so this was just a few years ago, um, the, it was the, the Journal of Gastroenterology found that anal sex may lead to um, basically incontinence. And so for some people... Pause the tape. Partially, maybe, hanging the world's biggest asterisk, agree slash don't agree. Uh, I, I know some gay guys who were just wicked bottoms. I mean, just rancid bottoms in like the 80s, long before we had a little bit more acceptance of gay people. And yes, some of them got that booty hole busted wide the F open, right? Again, I, I wonder, I, I truly wonder before I say, I'm giving that the thumbs up, how much of that is, again, over an hour ago, the Uncle Bobby cookie analogy. Can I have a cookie? Don't you dare. What have you done to that cookie now? Right? Telling people, don't jerk off. Don't watch porn. Gay guys, don't have sex. It's better to be miserable on earth so that you can spend an eternity with God. What have you done to that activity? You might as well take their dick and just shove it in someone else's butthole. Right? So before, again, that's a pastor. They, they, they lie by job description. So I, I'm not I'm not too keen on that last one. Roll the tape. Yeah, uh, I know. I know this is very intense. Um, but for some people, it actually leads to fecal incontinence. Okay? It, it, and that to me, those five reasons, those five reasons that I just gave you point to a departure from God's design and I believe that wherever there's design, there's destiny, there's purpose. Pause the tape, end the tape. No, I, that, that, everything that those five reasons, just about every single last one of them could be curbed with proper sex education. Gang, Uncle Bobby has only given you one big mother bumping problem. So as a result, Uncle Bobby's going to give you one big mother bumping solution. The Christian view on sex and sexuality, shut your mouth. Shut it all the way up. For the most part, for the most part, the Christian view on sex and sexuality, it's just a list of prohibitions. Tell me, where was the laundry list of stuff that you can do? Right? Don't jerk off. Don't lust. Don't watch porn. Don't have butt sex. The only thing that I agreed with them on was marital rape. Again, to my sisters, just because you marry him and you sleep in the same bed doesn't mean it's an all-access pass to your playground. Not at all. And you don't owe him a damn explanation if you're not in the mood. Right? So that's about the only thing that he and I agreed upon. <clears throat> but again, I, and I've seen the, the thumbnails on YouTube. Can a Christian drink? 
Can a Christian cuss? Can a Christian dance? Can a Christian have anal sex? Can a Christian have oral sex? Can a Christian uh, smoke marijuana? Can a Christian get tattoos? Can a Christian... Christians, you know the answers to these questions. You do. The, the, the answers are whatever the hell it is you want to do. And without taking it to a damn extreme, well, what if I just want to rape somebody, Robert? Shh, just stop. Just stop. Just stop. You guys make your life more difficult. In turn, in some ways, you make our lives more difficult. You want to know why? Because the foundation of your belief is that you are terrible. You can't trust yourself. What did uh, Fart Knuckle uh, Frank Turk say? Right on that Prager You video I did. Uh, rule number one. Uh, God is good and we are not. That right there. Right? You're terrible. You're horrible. If your thoughts were projected on a big screen, what would we all think about you? That's terrorism. That is just stinking terrorism. Right? You want to watch pornography and jerk off all over yourself? Then that's exactly what you should do. If you want to introduce something into your bedroom as a non-married couple, a thruple, a married couple, however you get down, try it. <clears throat> if everyone is on the up and up and if everyone feels safe and respected, if we've talked about our green lights, our yellow lights, and our hard red lights, if everyone is feeling good about what's going on, Go for it. You may learn something new about yourself sexually. You may come to the conclusion that was terrible. You may come to the conclusion like, I'll try that again. Maybe. I don't know. But the answer is within you. And the butt sex. If you want to try the butt sex and have the butt sex. And of his five reasons, I can all but guarantee every single last one of those don't do's can be solved with fact-based sex education. And no, Christians, this isn't permission to go do whatever you want to do. It's, if you want to do it, this is how you do it safely. Let's take sex and sexuality out of the darkness. There's nothing wrong with your natural urges, gang. Nothing. If you see someone across the way and you think they're hot, and you want to step, step, step respectfully, but step. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're horny and you're by yourself and you want to jerk off all over yourself, do that too. If you and your partner want to introduce different sex acts to spice things up or whatever, do that too. You don't need to ask a God how to have sex. You want to know why? Because you already know how. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with what you're feeling. Not a damn thing. All right, gang. The big guy's held you long enough. He's signing the hell off. Gin and truth. Let's go.